Amen and amen. Hey, before we speed into Joshua 7, let me just one more time say Happy New Year. And let me just ask a question. How many of you guys don't give a rip about the New Year? No New Year's resolutions. You could care less. You're going to do the same thing you've been doing. That's just kind of where you're at. Raise your hand. It's okay. Just kind of be there. Like, ah, whatever, dude. You know what I'm saying? How many of you guys, though, that's fine. I get it. How many of you guys, though, say, yeah, New Year, new you, new rhythms, new disciplines, new fruit. I'm excited about it. You're going to exploit. Okay. Okay. I see that, too. I can see both sides, but I would just encourage you this year, the mercies of the Lord are new every single morning. Sometimes we wait till Monday to start that new routine or wait till the first of the month or wait till the first of the year. I just would say this, do the next right thing always. And when you take a misstep, when you make a mistake, when you blow it, Get into the habit of quickly rectifying the situation, confessing the situation, bringing it into the air with your spouse, your kids, your accountability partner, your God, and saying, hey, can I get a do-over? Can I start over again? And the Lord would look to you and say, absolutely, you can. You have not because you ask not. Let's go. Get up and let's move on. And God's grace will flow to you in that time of need. God's grace is kind of like water. It flows to the lowest point. And so if you and if I and if we humble ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord, we need help right now on this day, his grace will flow to you. But I do want to encourage you. It's January 1st, 2023, and I believe the Lord is stirring my heart up to go in as hard as I've ever gone before to cast off all of the other things that have kind of tacked on to my life and to run my race with endurance, setting my attention and affection firmly on Jesus Christ, like it says in the book of Hebrews, casting aside every weight and every sin that so easily entangles me. And I want to encourage you guys to do that with me. Don't just take this year passively. Don't wait for somebody else to do something great. Attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. Hebrews 11. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. It's impossible to please him apart from faith. You're going to need to stoke your faith, hope, and love this year unless you want the exact same thing you got last year. Don't raise your hands. But how many guys want exactly in 2023 what you got in 2022? Like, what? No, I don't want any of that. I want way more. Way more what? I want more fruit. I want way more faith. I want way more love, way more purpose, way more power for God's glory and others' good. FT Go Get Goo. That's our slogan here at South Beach Church. FT Go Get Goo, for the glory of God and the good of others. And in order to make room for the glory of God and the good of others, you're going to have to get rid of some things around you. But can I just implore you? Can I encourage you? Here's the things that I'm going to do this year. Maybe you'll do them with me. Number one, I'm going to spend more time in God's word. Amen? More time in God's word. I want every single person here to commit to spending more time in God's word than you did in 2022. Whatever that means to you. Now, I've seen at least a dozen churches and sponsored posts on Facebook saying, here's our read through the Bible program. Here's our read through the Bible program. Because that's kind of my algorithm on Facebook. I clicked on some and, and I saw the comment section. And a lot of the comment sections went this way. People are like, oh, I love reading through the Bible. It changed my life. Then there were some haters and some trolls on there saying, don't waste your year that way, you know, and all these other. Then there was some legalistic Christians that said, you shouldn't read the Bible in that way. It's just too fast. It's fast food Christianity. And it's not about quantity, listen, as much as it is about quality. And I would say to that, amen. That's true. It is more about quality than it is quantity. 
However, if you're not reading the Bible right now at the end of December and things, you just kind of forgot about reading the Bible and you're not doing anything, can I encourage you, grab a five by five by five reading plan today. Do the New Testament. Do the Old Testament. Do the New and the Old Testament. Set the tone. Set some time. Now, I want to encourage you guys, if you spend more time in God's word, you're going to spend more time in God's presence. Amen? And when you know God's presence, you know his voice. And when you know his voice, you know his will. And when you know his will, you're going to know his way. So many people, I don't know the way. I don't know what I'm doing. And if you just spend that time with him. Jesus said it so succinctly, Matthew 5, 6, I should say. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. We're a Bible church here. Okay, I promise you we're going to read the Bible in just a minute. I promise you. But let's be Bible people. If you're going to make any changes at all, Okay, what suckers and what usurpers have crept into your life this year that you're not reading God's word? What's gotten in the way for you? you? Only you can answer that. I know what gets in the way for me, and yet I know that my foundation as a man of God, as a pastor, as a husband, and as a father is built on this book and my time spent in this book. I remember years ago, I'd go over to my pastor's house, and his wife had a Bible tray. Her name was Paige Green. Still is Paige Green, by the way. And, and, and she had this tray. It was like one of those trays that you have breakfast in bed, you know? And on the tray, she had this big Bible. It was a sweet old Bible, opened up, and it was always opened up, never closed. Next to that Bible was some pens and some highlighters and a journal, and it was just every day, and she just had this open buffet. Every day she knew, that's where my, my feeding time with the Lord is. And can I just encourage you? Get something down routine, somewhere where you eat with the Lord. You fellowship with him. You're putting the word in. If you don't make time for the Lord, it's going to be wasted. I promise you that day will be taken away. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 365 days later, I'll be having the same speech with you right now. Okay, number one, let's have more time in God's word, okay, to know his presence. Number two, though, we're also going to pray more. Last year, I believe the Lord gave us a word for our church to pray. We began praying on Thursday mornings at 7. We've been praying for the week of prayer and fasting, and we've just been praying more, and I want you guys to pray more because the Bible says that you have not because you ask not. Prayer does two things, among other things. It connects you to God. You actually have a relationship with him, fellowship among him, and a connection to him in that way, but it also connects you to a power outside of your own ability. How many of you guys literally need more power in your life? You need healing, you need deliverance, you need provision, And when you connect with God, oh, my father. But then you see doors open. You see walls coming down, chains broken. Right now you're wondering, why am I still in this fog? Why do I have this bitter heart? What's wrong with me? Pray that the Lord would take those things away and move powerfully in your life. And the third thing, I want you guys to spend more time in his word, pray more. And the third thing is to serve others intentionally and to deny yourself specifically. I really believe as we get over ourselves in 2023, and seek to serve others instead of ourselves every single day. See, we live in the age of self-help, self-care, self-ism, self-esteem, selfies. I wrote that in. I didn't want to because I love selfies. I got more selfies on my phone than I got pictures of you guys, you know. And that's the age we live in. And I would say, hey, careful. Let's, not, let's do less of that. Let's self awareness and less others awareness and more others awareness because if you deny yourself specifically and serve others intentionally jesus actually said of himself mark eleven thirty five, for the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many 
Jesus washed the feet of the disciples there at the Last Supper, and he said, now I've done this as an example. Would you go and do likewise? Go do it. Go do it. But Lord, have you seen how dirty their feet are? Yeah, I just saw yours, dummy. Go do it. Go wash people's feet. And so those are the things I'm committing to every single day, spending more time in his word, less time on my phone, less time in the distractions, praying more specifically and intentionally, and then serving others specifically, and also denying myself intentionally. Let's just put it all in a nutshell. If you're writing notes, hopefully you are, because I had to write this stuff down. If you're brilliant, you'll, you'll remember it. But let's do these two things. Let's simplify the things of the world, the flesh, the distractions, and let's intensify the things of God. Let's go all in. It's 2023. I do not want the same results of 2022 and 2023. I don't. I don't. I'm going harder in the paint. You guys can go with me. You can lead. Get ahead of me. I'll follow you. I'd love to follow you and the things of God as well. So I'm going to pray that in right now. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, last thing we need is a motivational speech. It's not going to work. But what we do need is the conviction of the Holy Spirit to say to men and women today, do not waste your life. Do not settle for less. Set your eyes firmly on Jesus. Run your race. Cut off those weights and sins. Keep going. Discipline your flesh. Buffet yourself. Lord, I pray you would help us to do that. And I pray for a greater, Lord, capacity of your spirit. May that be the immediate and direct fruit that like when you stood there at the church in Revelation, and knocked on the door. And you said, I'd like to come in and eat with you. May you do that with us. And so Lord, in order to do that, I don't wanna pretend that this is your fault, but I own that it's my fault. And I repent of the things of the world, the things that have crept in, the things that I've allowed, the things that I've just put, Lord, as more important than you. Lord, would you expose those things and would you forgive me? Would you make us men and women, Lord, that are after your own heart? We thank you for all you've done. Do more, we pray now, as we get into your word, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's read the Bible now. Aren't you glad that we're in Joshua 7 today? Oh, let me ask it differently. Aren't you glad that Joshua 6 happened? We were in Joshua 6 for three weeks. Remember Joshua 6? They were given the commands to walk around Jericho. Once, twice, thrice, six times on the seventh day, seven times around and to shout and the walls are gonna come down. And they did that. Rahab was saved. They went up and they took the spoil and read the final verse of chapter six with me. It says, so the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout all the country and they lived happily ever after. It doesn't say that, does it? You know why? Because it's not Facebook. That's a Facebook post right there. That's a Facebook post. We got in, we won, and the fame of Joshua went all over. Isn't that just like Facebook? You see people putting their pictures of their vacation and posting these cool little sayings and all these things like, oh, man, they just have the perfect life. Man, nothing goes wrong for them. They're always being blessed. And what the heck? Read the next verse with me. It actually starts with the B word. It says, but. It says, but the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, he took of the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Stop right there, eyes up here. Chapter 7 and the division breaks weren't there in the original story. But the story goes this way. They have a great victory. They're walking in fruitfulness, and everything's going great, but reality hits in real quick. There was sin in the camp. Achan had done some things sillily and foolishly and sinfully, and it's now going to be repercussed upon the children of Israel nationally. 
And I'm so thankful that the story tells it this way because your life and my life are exactly the same. God saves us just like he saved the children of Israel. He baptizes us. He fills us with his spirit. He begins to use us powerfully. We're walking in victory, but life keeps happening and we make some mistakes and setbacks happen. And I began to think this through. I was like, oh, oh." in a real gross sense, I'm so glad this story is here because even in my own story, when I gave my life to Jesus wholeheartedly at age 20, and began going all in and showing up early and staying late and saying yes to everything. Woo! I got baptized in the Holy Spirit on January 1st, 1999. Woo! You know, fired up. And yet, guess what? I had a but in my story as well. Situations where I didn't show up properly. Things didn't happen the way they were supposed to. And there was a season in my life, even at the very beginning, that still to this day, listen, is a bedrock foundation. Listen of humility, because it's laced in humiliation, because there's things in my past, there's things that I've done that I didn't do right, things that I did, that I did wrong, there's things that still the Lord says, I've forgiven you, but beware, be careful. Do you know that the Lord will allow you a moment of humiliation and humility in order to build you up even stronger? He will tear you down in order to expose your flesh, but he doesn't leave you there. He builds you back up to make you stronger than before. As a matter of fact, every testing, every trial, every difficulty you go through is intentionally designed, I'll say it differently, allowed by God in order to work in you a deeper faith. Don't be surprised at the various trials you're going through. Is this something strange we're happening? But God's testing your faith, which is more precious to him than gold that perishes by fire. Peter was tested. Paul was tested. John was tested. James was tested. David was tested. Joseph was tested. All these men and women of the scriptures were tested. And so I'm so glad this is here. Maybe you've been tested your whole life. You're saved, you're spirit-filled, you've even walked in victory for a season or two, but man, oh man, I got a but in my story. That's what it says, verse one, but. But the children of Israel committed a trespass. And can I just encourage you at the beginning of this story that your story's not done yet, your story's not over. God wants to take you right where you're at, deliver you from what's caught up with you, and he wants to move you forward. And you who are spirit-filled, you are born again, you are saved by grace, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Listen, you should expect to be tested. You should expect to have your bell rung from time to time. I don't like it. I try and avoid it, but it happens to you. It happens to me. It happens to everybody. Matter of fact, it's not just Achan. We're going to see that not Achan, but also Joshua had some stuff to deal with in his own life. Let's keep reading, but settle into the story because where you are in the scriptures is where you are in your life. And I believe God wants us to get through this last season we've been through into the next season he wants us to enjoy. It says in verse two, now Joshua, this is the leader, he doesn't know about this heir yet. He sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon on the east side of Bethel. And he spoke to them saying, go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and they said to him, hey, bro, do not let all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people, for the people of Ai are few. So about 3,000 men went up from the people, but they fled from the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased 
from them from before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. And Joshua tore his clothes and fell on the earth on his face. Stop right there. Eyes up here. Wow. Let's go on to our next battle. We've had victory over Jericho. It was miraculous in nature. Let's do the same thing we did before. Let's send some spies into the land. The spies go in. They come back and they give Joshua what I'm going to call worldly wisdom. They see the men of Ai. They say, it's not a big deal. There's only a few of them. You know what we should do? Let's not weary all of the people. Let's just send 2,000, maybe 3,000 if you're feeling spicy. And let's just go ahead and take this area easily. This is what I'm calling worldly wisdom because this isn't what God had told them to do. This is what made sense ontologically or philosophically. It made sense if you're flexing on your own and looking to your own resources. And I want to identify this, especially who are leading anything right now. This story is primarily about Achan, but there's three other things I want to point out that are evident in this story that will be also evident in your life. Number one, for sure, is the presence of sin. Achan had taken some stuff from the Jericho victory that he was not supposed to take. He had taken some shekels of gold, a wedge of silver, silver and shekels, and he also took a jersey from the Babylonian blazers, you know, and he had that there in his stuff. You'll read it in a second. And he had done these things. There's presence of sin in the camp. And when you have the presence of sin in your camp, in your heart, in your house, it's going to catch up with you. It's going to be evidenced. You can't hide these things. Amen, please. Somebody say amen. But it wasn't just the presence of sin. Listen, it was the abundance of pride. See, Jericho had just fallen and had this wonderful victory, and this is pretty sweet, and Joshua's feeling pretty good about himself. He says, hey, what's next? They said, AI. He's like, what's AI? It's only two letters, man. We can do that. Let's just send a few. Let me just tell you right now, be careful with your successes. Be careful with your victories because they can lead to the abundance of pride in your life. And when you are walking in success or walking in victory, okay, pride will make your enemies seem smaller than they actually are. We can handle that. It's not a big deal. I can handle this relationship or that activity or this issue. It's not a big deal. Look at my friends are doing it. You begin to lean on the ways of the world and worldly wisdom. So there was the presence of sin. There was the abundance of pride. And then thirdly, there was the lack of prayer, intentionality. Joshua sent some men in. He's done this before, but he didn't seek the Lord. Did you know that from the beginning of Joshua, God's been telling Joshua what to do? Listen, leaders. He told Joshua how to cross over the Jordan River. Told him exactly how to do it. He did it that way and it worked. Whoa. Once they crossed the Jordan River, he told Joshua exactly how to deal with the flesh in the camp, how to circumcise the men, and he did that. He took the orders. He's having communion. And then he heard from the Lord and he heard exactly how to take on Jericho. And he's receiving this intimacy from the Lord in direction through prayer. But now Joshua, I believe, has a failure in his leadership and he takes it upon himself just to do the next thing in his own mind. Lack of prayer, presence of sin, the abundance of pride. This trifecta, this unholy trinity leads to this mistake, leads to this failure. And I want to encourage those of you also who are leading others and who are calling others to follow you and to press into the Lord to be tested, to expect to be tested, and to be aware of these things. Now, this is again speaking of Achan. Achan's sin. He had taken some things from the camp that he had not supposed to take in. But man, all of us are falling ourselves, finding ourselves guilty of this from time to time. And so I want you even right now to begin to search your heart. What areas of your life are these three areas evident? These things in your life that have crept in, the, the area of your life where you're just kind of prideful. You've done a few things and you can see people behind you. Pride leads to a fall. In the area of your life where you're not connecting with the Lord, 
I'll tell you what, all of these are evident in our lives to a degree or not, and God wants to show us that we might walk further. As a matter of fact, let's just keep reading because we're going to study the whole chapter today in the next 17 minutes, I promise you. It says this in verse 6. It says, Then Joshua tore his clothes, and he fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. And the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. Oh, man, these guys are fired up. They're wrecked because 36 people died. Joshua's confused. He's so confused. 36 people are dead. AI's small. They're walking in defeat right now. And Joshua's actually a little T.O.'d. He's a little ticked off. He's a little peeved. And so he throws dust on his head, lays on the ground. Now listen, this is crazy. He doesn't know about the sin in the camp. He's got his own pride issues to deal with. But he cries out to the Lord. And he begins to blame the Lord. This is what we do. In verse 7, and Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off your, our name from the earth. This is my favorite part of the prayer. And then what will you do for your great name? Stop right there, eyes up here. It's kind of a cool prayer. Joshua says, Lord, what about your name? It's the best part of the prayer. Lord, your name. We just got defeated. Lord, our failure, our difficulty, our loss right now is going to make you look bad. But notice he also goes on to kind of whine a little about it and sing the blues. He's like, man, you should have just left us on the other side of the Jordan. Why are you trying to mess with us? Why are you doing this, Lord? Why is this happening? And so often in our own lives, we look at the condition of our marriage or singleness or physical health or relationships or our finances. Oh, what happened? How did we get this way? Who used my credit card so many times, Lord? You know, who did this? What happened? I want you guys to see context here because listen to how God answers his prayer. He's on his face. Listen to what God says in verse 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but they turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with them anymore. Listen, unless I've got that circled, you destroy the accursed things from among you. Get up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of hosts, there is an accursed thing in the midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Stop right there, eyes up here. Joshua's on the ground. <laughs> Lord, you said, you promised. Remember when the Lord promised him earlier in the book of Joshua? Hey, no matter where you go, you're going to walk in victory. That wasn't the end of the verse. As long as you keep my covenant, as long as you keep my commands, I will do my part. I will not let you down. I will see that you succeed. No man shall stand before you. Only be courageous and strong. Oh, and be careful about the accursed things of the Babylonians and the Amorites and the Parasites and the Hivites and the flashlights and the websites and the Snow Whites and all these things. Careful, man. And he gave him the strong warning. And yet something had crept into one of the people, Achan. Achan had done this sin. 
And yet God gives them this principle, this command. Hey, instead of getting down on your face, get up and face up to the things that are going wrong in your life. And I believe this is a word for everyone here this morning. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why are things falling apart in your life? Where's the difficulty lie? Maybe it is a isolated test that the Lord's having you walk through, like our brother Job. Job, who was tested in all ways. And the Bible actually says he had no sin. It wasn't a repercussion of his sin. It was because God was testing him. It's an isolated case. But so often, and you be the judge of your own heart, the difficulties I find myself walking in from time to time can be traced back to an abundance of pride, a lack of prayer, or the presence of sin. Something in my life is coming to undo me. I've allowed a little contract with the enemy. And the Bible says specifically right here that if you have these things in your life, you can't stand in front of your enemies unless you get rid of the accursed thing, unless you get rid of this stuff in your life. It's a principle. And I'm so thankful that God is loving enough to not back down on his principles. He does not waver for anybody. And he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. And so from time to time, he'll allow the circumstances in our life to produce death, to produce loss, in order to get our attention, in order to give us the invitation. Did you know there's an invitation to the gospel in here? Hey, get up, repent, deal with these things. Now, Joshua started out his prayer wrong. What's wrong with the people? What's wrong with our country? What's wrong with our society? We do this as Americans from time to time. There are people who still don't know why our country is falling apart. What happened? What happened? Hey, God, we need your help. We don't know what happened. He's like, I'll tell you what happened. You guys got rid of me. You banned prayer. You banned me from schools. You removed me from places of worship. You guys began to minimize and begin to culturalize and begin to pluralize and all this crazy stuff. What do you expect's going to happen? And he says, deal with that stuff. Deal with that stuff. Three things, by the way, God identifies that Achan had done. It's all in verse 11. He says, Israel has sinned. And they've transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. Here's what he says. For they've taken some of the accursed things, number one. They've stolen, number two. And they've deceived, number three. Let's just talk about these in succession. Number one, they've taken of the accursed things. These are the things they were warned to stay away from when they went into Jericho because these idols and these immoral things and these worldly activities have no part whatsoever in the life of a believer. I don't have any more hand gestures. That's, like, that's all of them. None. They're accursed. There's things of the world that there's no redemption value. There should be none of it, no trace at all in the life of a believer. We use the three R's here at South Beach Church to go through our filter of what we should do with worldly things. Some things you receive. It's just, it's cool. It's, from, it's good we receive it. Some things you need to redeem, like the world takes it too far. and You can redeem that. There's other things in the world, you just got to reject them. There's nothing in your life Nothing in the world that should be seen in your life in this way. And that's what he's talking about. There's a curse things. And can I just ask you, what in your life right now leading you to walk in the opposite of victory, but instead to experience defeat because it's a worldly thing? It's an abuse issue. It's, a, it's alcohol. It's pornography. It's anger. It's cussing. It's immorality. It's worldliness. Anything else. This is, you're a Christian. You're born again. You're spirit-filled. You're walking in certain victories, but man, I just feel like I can't get above the clouds. Well, you're not going to. 
you're not going to until the accursed things are removed. He also says here, though, that you've stolen. Remember he told Joshua, when you go into the city, don't touch the accursed things. There's no redemption value. Leave the worldly stuff alone. And the gold and the silver, don't take that for yourself. It's the first victory. Give all that to me. If you take any of it for yourself, you're going to be stealing. And when you don't give to the Lord your first fruits of your day and of your deeds and of your dollars, we're guilty of stealing as well. And you might ask yourself, Lord, am I really giving you everything, the first fruits? Am I, Lord, giving you all of my heart and attention and worshiping you as such? And if you're not, you're also going to be guilty of stealing in this way. Those are his words, not mine. But then he also says that you're deceiving me. You're hiding these things. Isn't there something within each one of us that hopes that we don't ever get found out? It says here that their hearts melted when the children of Ai came after them. Okay, this is the same experience you and I have when you're cresting the passing lane there right by Eddyville and you come up going 80 miles an hour and you see the OSP guy just kind of parked there and your heart melts. <laughs> oh, no. My friend, you know. Oh, hello. You know the feeling. Oh, there's something in us that hopes that it doesn't end up that way. But here's the deal. You can't deceive the Lord. You can't deceive the Lord. And here, as I kind of, I'm going to keep ripping through this text. I got to teach it quickly because we're on some schedule. Give the kids some more snacks. I really believe that the Lord, he loves you. And he's not mad at you right now. Do you know that? He's not mad at you. I would say this. He's mad about you. He's fired up crazy over you. He does not want you getting ripped off. He didn't make you for that. He didn't make you to live a lesser life. He didn't make you to get taken advantage of by the Babylonian things, by the worldly things. He didn't make you for that reason. And so this story is a, is a harsh story. We're going to see here Achan's going to die. He, not just Achan, but his wife, Mrs. Achan. And not just Mrs. Aiken, but all the little Aikens, they're all going to be Aiken. They're all going to die. It's not good. It's a principle. And God would say to you and say to me, Luke, deal harshly with your sin, or, or your sin will deal harshly with you. It will. Now, did you know that interwoven in all that is the gospel, the invitation? He says, hey, I want to save you, though. You can't stand before your enemies unless you get rid of the accursed thing, unless you stop stealing from me. Unless you try, stop trying to deceive me. I, I want you to win. Do you guys know that the Lord is for you, not against you? That he sent Jesus Christ, his only son. God sent Jesus that he might absorb the wrath and the penalty and the punishment of our sin upon himself. That you would not have to face that judgment. And that Jesus then could share with us the righteousness of God that came from his life. That's how much Jesus loves you. That's how much God wants you to succeed. And so this story is a precedent. It's a picture of the damages of sin, but also the glories of the gospel of Jesus. He loves you. He says, come away. Come away from that stuff because it's not going to bear fruit and it's not going to stay hidden. Do you guys know that your sin will be found out? Do you know this? It is a principle. It will be evidenced in bad fruit. It will be evidenced in defeat. It will be evidenced in fruitlessness. It says this in Proverbs 28. It says that the righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no one pursues. Kind of reminds me of some videos I've seen, you know? People running from nothing, freaked out in their minds because of sin. 
But when you have a righteousness between the Lord, you're as bold as a lion. Nothing can come against you. And the Lord wants you, moms and dads, men and women, married and single, to stand bold in these days as a lion. The righteousness comes from God. It's borrowed to you. It's given. It's a gift. It's purchased by Jesus. And yet it could be squandered and it can be tainted by sin. Now let's just look at the story in context. Look at verse 14. It says, in the morning, therefore, this is God to Joshua, you shall be brought, you shall, wait, let me read this again. In the morning, excuse, excuse me, in the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families, and the families which the Lord takes shall come by households, and the households which the Lord takes shall come by man by man, and then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed things shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. Stop right there, eyes up here. This is getting crazy. Joshua's on the hot seat. Lord, why is this happening to our nation? Why is this happening to our people? What's going on? He's on his face, and God simply says, get off your face and face up to it, bro. Deal with it. You got sin in the camp, and I want you to get rid of it so I can give you the victory I promised you. So too, God wants to bless you. So he says, grab all of the tribes of Israel. There's 12 in number, 3 million calculation. Can you imagine 3 million people? All right, all the tribes, line up. And you're Achan, standing in that tribe. You're like, okay, there's no way he's going to find me. You know what I'm saying? There's no way in all of the tribes. And it says here in verse 16, so Joshua rose early in the morning. I like that, early circled. We got to get about this. Let's go. It's 2023. It's early. Let's burn the stuff. Let's flush the stash. Let's delete the account. Let's break off with the relationship. Let's deal with it. Let's confess this. Let's go. And early in the morning, he begins to assemble the tribes. Listen to this in verse 16. And he brought all of the tribes together, and Judah was taken. Now, can you imagine all of the Judahites, all the people living in the tribe of Judah? They're like, oh, hey, bro, how's your life going? You know, they're all looking at each other like, what have you been up to late at night? Where are you? You know, everyone's kind of scared of each other, and everyone who's not of the tribe of Judah is like, whoo, I thought it was me for sure, you know? And it goes on, and it says, from the tribe of Judah, verse 17, he brought the clan of Judah, and he took the family of the Zerahites. Oh, man, all the Zerahites are freaking out. And he brought the family of the Zerahites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. Oh, no, Zabdi's the great-grandpa. Oh, no, he's in big trouble. And there, then he brought the household man by man in Achan the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah was taken. Stop right there, eyes up here. Holy smokes. At what point did Achan start to sweat just a little bit? Judah is like, there's no way, there's no way. Zabdi, well, it's getting kind of close, getting kind of close. The, the Zerahites, his whole family, and Achan is starting to be shaken in his boots. He's Achan shaking boots. He's, he's freaking out now. And I just want to encourage you I've seen this in my life. I've seen it in my kid's life. That you will not be able to get away with your sin because God loves you too much. He will expose you. He will find you. Listen, in order to set you free, in order to rescue you. There's nothing you, this is a principle, take it to the bank. It's just a matter of time. And yet he gives Achan here an opportunity. Achan's going to die. This is a principal story. This doesn't, this doesn't happen to all thieves. This doesn't happen to all people who bring accursed things into their house. There isn't this immediate death that is experienced. Spiritually there is, but not physically. But he gives Achan an opportunity to confess because he wants us to walk free of the things of this world and to be set free from the things that have crept into our lives. 
And oftentimes we don't even know what's crept into our lives. How many of you guys like going through metal detectors? Isn't going through a metal detector kind of stressful? You're like, all right, I think I, I think I got all my weapons off, you know? And you're like, you, you wonder, like, did I get all the knives? I don't even know, you know? And walk in, is that just me? I walk through the metal detectors, and I'm like this. I kind of, ooh, get in, yeah! One time I was at the Portland International Airport, and we were going through the check there, the security TSA, and they came up to me and they said, sir, do you know who owns this gray backpack? I was like, oh, it's got to be one of my kids for sure. You know, I was like, you know, Nemo's backpack. You know, it wasn't Nemo. It was my backpack. And, and they then asked me, do you have a loaded magazine clip in, in that backpack? And I was like, well, now that you mention it, maybe. Go ahead and put the picture up there. My wife was so kind. She took a picture, uh, you know. And there's the, the cops. And, you know, they're just, they're real nice. Kind of asking me what I was thinking. And notice the irony, though. The cops have my loaded magazine in their hands. And look what's in my hand. Go to the next picture. Go to the next picture. Look what's in my hand. Blue Star Donuts. I had their donuts. I, it was all, it was a setup. It was a, it was perfect match, you know, and so we swapped. Just kidding. They, I kept my donuts. They kept the magazine, but I'll tell you what, I've been caught before not knowing that there was something even in my life. I've also been caught before knowing full well, yeah, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, and I want you guys to embrace this right now. The Lord wants to set you free. He wants to deliver you. He wants to take you, listen, he wants to take your sin from you and exchange his grace to you. And when you confess your sin, there's a great release. There's a breaking of the bondage of sin every single time. And it's an opportunity to humble yourself and say, yeah, I'm not perfect. I didn't get it right. As a matter of fact, I got it wrong. There's only one who is good. There's only one who is perfect. And it's not Joshua, this Joshua, and it's not me, and it's not you. And we get this opportunity to confess. I'm just gonna read the rest of the text here, and we're going to end with some singing. You can take a bathroom break, get your kids. We're gonna take communion. We're gonna end the first day, the first Sunday of the year, worshiping God. Look at verse 19. He says, now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him. And tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them. I, and then I took them. I could do a whole sermon on that. He saw them first, desired them. Sin was born, and he acted upon that sin. And there they are, he says, verse 21, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent. I've got that circled as well. They weren't wasting time. They're not messing around. And there was hidden in this tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. Stop right there, eyes up here. Can you get the scene? Achan is devastated. Joshua is surprised, hurt. Go to the tent. They bring it back and they set these trinkets, this trash, this junk, the forbidden things of Babylon and a couple pieces of silver and a wedge of gold. I don't even know what this would look like. Can you imagine all just staring at this, how embarrassing that would have been? How devastating. 36 men had lost their lives. Joshua disappointed. Achan exposed. Can I just say something? It started with covetousness. I want, I, I, I gotta have that. I gotta have that. I want that. The lust of the eyes. I want that. I need that. And yet when it's brought into this context, oh, ugh. and may our sin always have that reaction to our bellies. Ugh, ugh. No, I don't want those things. It causes death. 
It causes difficulty. It causes defeat. Well, then, verse 24, Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. The valley, Achor means trouble, and Achan means troublemaker. Don't name your kid Achan. We all have some troublemaker in us, don't we? And Achan's causing this trouble, and they bring this stuff. And Achan dies, and his wife dies, and the little Achan's died. It's just so devastating. It says in verse 26, verse 25, Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire. After they had stoned him with the stones, and they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day, so the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Guys, I just need you to see two more verses in the next chapter. Now the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Take all of the people of war. Last time they took a few. Let's just be prideful. We don't need them all. He said, you need them all. Walk in unity. Walk in humility. Walk in obedience. Take all the people. Rise up over Ai. See, I have given Ai into your hand, the king of Ai, the people, the city, and his land. Verse 2, this is the, heart, the part that I want you guys to see and take with you. And you shall go to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its cattle you shall take as booty for yourselves. Lay an ambush for the city behind it. Stop right there. Eyes up here and some closing thoughts. Isn't that crazy? In Jericho, there was a temptation some shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and a Babylonian blazer garment. And he wanted it for himself. And then as they went into Ai, God specifically explains, hey, guess what? Everything in Ai, it's yours. It's yours. I actually have this all figured out. Those forbidden items, those things that you want, those things you're coveting after, man, be careful, children. I have more for you in store. Those little trinkets, stolen water seems sweet, but it ends in death and bitterness. And the Lord says, I want to bless you. I want to care for you. I want you and your families to be well cared for and to be blessed in all of this. And I want you guys to understand something. God's heart today is that he would bless you. This is an Old Testament story. It's pretty intense. Did you know that the Valley of Achor comes up in the scriptures two more times? Actually, three. One in Joshua, but two more prophetically. In the book of Hosea and in the book of Isaiah. In the book of Hosea and in the book of Isaiah, the Valley of Achor, the Valley of Trouble, where Achan is buried, is prophesied to be a valley of hope, a door of hope, to be a place where the sheep will be fed and cared for. God will restore. God will rebuild. God will deliver. God will heal. And I believe what we're going to do next, God's going to do his part. His covenants are steadfast and immovable, and they're established in blood, the blood of Jesus. I'm going to have the worship team come up, and they're going to lead us in a time of response I realize it's 11.35. We've been here since 10 o'clock. There's bathrooms outside. Use them if you need. Get your kids. Do what you got to do. But you who need to confess your needs for the Lord this morning, you who need prayer and anointing, I'm going to have the pastors come up and elders and prayer people, men and women who have that gift and care and concern of prayer, that maturity and anointing come forward as well. Would you all stand with me at this time? And what I want you to do is follow the Lord's leading in your life what God wants to do in you. If you need to confess sin, Joshua said to Achan, Achan, 
Don't hold back. Tell me what's going on. And he confessed that sin. And you too have been instructed in the New Testament. Confess your sins and you will be forgiven. You will be healed. Whatever's going on in your life, you can confess it to the Lord. You can confess it to your spouse. You can drop and take communion right where you're at. The communion's being brought up too, I believe. You can come up and take communion. You can find the communion elements in the back. Guys, it's impossible to please the Lord. Except through faith. And he rewards those who diligently seek him and pursue him. I believe in the grace of God, God's riches at Christ's expense. That God does it, God provides it, God leads, God funds. It's all God, it's all God. Can, can I just flip the coin over a little bit this morning though? You're not going to get any of that. None of it. None of it. Unless you humble yourself and ask for it and believe. He will do it. He is like a spout where the blessings come out. It never ceases. And he's blessing. 27. But if you don't come to the spout where the blessings come out, none of it. You're on your face. What's wrong with my life? Why is this happening? And Lord says, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Get off your face and face up to the stuff in your life. He did, he did his part. He's done it. He set the table before you. You must diligently pursue him. Cast off restraint. Expose the darkness. Weed out the cancer before it kills you. Before it takes over your life. Whatever it is. Make no provision for the lust to fulfill it. If judgment begins, may it begin in the house of the Lord. Because he wants to bless you. He's not messing around. I got three kids. And if I knew something was plaguing them, if I knew something was after them, if I knew somebody had bad intentions for them as their father, I would come unhinged to save them. I would go to any extent to deliver them. There's a lot of people here. If you can't make it to the front, okay, wait, just take your time. We'll wait for you. If you come to the front and get prayed for and confess, just leave your sin at the altar. Leave your sin here at the foot of the cross. Confess it. Go back to your chair and worship. You do what God wants you to do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, in Jesus' name, we pray now as we confess, Lord, as we move into 2023, that we would humble ourselves before you. We wouldn't play around. We wouldn't lay around trying to blame other people and wonder what's going on, but we would say, no, it's me. So even now, Holy Spirit, show us those areas of iniquity, of perversion, of immorality, of worldliness, of compromise, of stealing, of deceit. All the things that are just making us weird and not fruitful in Jesus' name. No condemnation, but there is conviction. And may the Lord convict us and deliver us instantaneously, immediately, healing by the blood of the Lamb, by the filling of the Holy Spirit, by the healing that comes from on high. Would you heal us, Lord? Would you move about this place? We trust you for all these things, Lord. May this next year, I truly believe in Jesus' name, be a year of revival, a year of newness in our hearts, new fruits, Lord, new beginnings, new victories. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. Forgive us of our sins. We love you, Jesus. 
We love you. Even now, Lord, would you break the chains? Lead us into your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come forward as soon as you guys are ready. Find someone to pray. Pastors, can you guys come over here and stand in the front? I'm also going to come join you. We've got some oil. If you need oil, come get prayed for. And we're going to lay hands on folks as we confess and worship the Lord together. The communion is also located up front. Come when you are ready or stay where you're at and seek the Lord.